Hello and welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead animal like like a polar bear or something. This game weirdly lacks horses. Anyway, we beat some kind of animal for 1d6 damage at a time, all the time, and we never ever stop. This week we'll be discussing Justifiers, a slim volume of fascinating, if horse-free, anthro madness. Let's get right into it on today's exciting, sexy, spectacular Spider-Man. I mean, System Mastery. Fuck! And welcome back. This is your host, Jeff, joined as always by my other host, John. John, how you doing? I'm kind of burpy, but other than that, I'm feeling good. A little burpees. I'm a little burpees. Yeah. So, uh, you all excited for Gen Con? It's coming up so fast. So fast. I mean, we are, what, like three days away from having to do our next episode of this show? Yeah. Oh, it's dry. That's, that's terrifying to the- me. <laughs> My refraction period is not that little. Have a little milk? Come on, man. Just (laughs) give me a minute. You're milking me dry here. (laughs) I'm pushing rope in these reviews. (laughs) It's like I'm spitting dust up here. (laughs) What I'm saying is it's it's hard for us to ejaculate such wonderful episodes of System Mastery in such rapid succession. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, that's what we do. We're all about those ejaculations. This is why I strongly recommend you seek out female hosts for your future podcast selections that aren't us. Yeah. They have those multiple refractory podcast periods that are just phenomenal. Oh, they can do bit after bit after bit oh, and never stop. Look, I'm going to go ahead and come out in favor of women as system mastery. I think John and I can both agree. Women are better than men. Yeah, yeah uh, 100%. Just, at, at everything. At making rapid podcasts. Yeah, everything. So yeah. Just, and babies. And ba- they're and so podcasts good at making, about babies. I've tried so hard to make a podcast about babies. <laughs> Doesn't all, work. All I can do is just occasionally mention the little little girl who is adorable. A little, I have a, a hard time. Girl. I can't do anything funny with her anymore. I just love her too much. Oh, look at you, <laughs> you big, dumb, sappy idiot. Oh, I'm a big, dumb dad now. Nothing oh, I, can do. I got dad brain. Yeah, if you want to hear about the baby, it'll just be me rambling on about how she grabbed something yesterday, and that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but, you know, once you get that, I'm a parent brain, and you're uh-huh. like, I need to tell you about this time my kid ate a grape. I'm like, thanks. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm about to die off as a stand-up comedian is basically what we're trying to tell you here. Yeah. <laughs> From now on, all of your bits going to be like, guys, have you noticed kids? Hi, folks. Thanks for flying out. Dallas, huh? How y'all doing? Uh, the Cowboys, am I right? Heck yeah. Let's give yourself a round of applause, too. Anyway, I just had a kid, and... <laughs> oh, oh, please, hold your applause. Oh, wait, where's everyone going? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> so, anyway, that's my life. And we, I am also very excited for Gen Con, but terrified because I don't want to leave my little girl away. Oh, no. For five days? What am I going to do? Five whole days? What if I come back and she's a teenager and she is disrespectful towards me? <laughs> you have many disrespectful <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> I'll be all like, Sage, I'm home. And she'll be like, sod off, old man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining her just turning completely British. Sod off, old man. And then she just like gives you the two finger salute. <laughs> I'll bash your bollocks, I will. <laughs> Swear on me, mom. And Florence is just like, why? I'm going to kick you in your nose and spectacles. And I'm like, would you stop using rhyming slang for my testicles? I find this all very disrespectful. How dare you? <laughs> How did this happen, Florence? And she's like, I remarried in your absence. <laughs> We've moved on. We weren't married. <laughs> oh, you're right. I, I've married in your absence. It's true. <laughs> it, it was better because there was no legal word to go through. <laughs> 
Hello, I'm Reginald Dampwall. Hello. Don't worry, I'll take better care of her than you ever could. <laughs> also, I'm about to t- kick you in your trolley. Oh, enough with the penis Britishisms. <laughs> All right. The penis Britishisms. Well, I know my bonus character. Hello, penis cube Britishisms. Here. Hi, I'm penis Britishisms. <laughs> uh, penis of the penny stones. Justifiers, Justifiers is a, a, a role playing game. <laughs> <laughs> From, I don't know, the it's 80s like, or 90s or it's something. It's like 1988. It does feel it is old as shit. It does feel very old. It's uh, It's got some stuff that feels decidedly 80s in it. Uh, not just in terms of game rules, but also in terms of free culture progression. Oh, yeah, because this is like old school anthro animals just because, like, back then you're like, dude, Ninja Turtles are great. I love Thundercats. Mm-hmm. Let's have anthro animals do it's, things. It's 1988, and I've got Silverhawks fever. Yeah. I love all of them. I love the silver one, the little kid one. <laughs> I love the hawk one. The one that's got a hawk. I love the cowboy one with a guitar. I love all the Silverhawks, and they're, they're a bad guy, who I assume is not a hawk. <laughs> and, I don't know, Gray Falcon, uh, Blue Falcon. <laughs> Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt, known furries. <laughs> known furries and enemies of the Silverhawks. All Hanna-Barbera mystery-solving teams revolve around furries of some kind. Yeah, even the free, even the free, the funky phantom is is a furry. He just doesn't. <laughs> yeah. he's, just, he's just not in <laughs> he, costume. He died without his fursuit on. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's why he still stalks this earth. <laughs> he has unfinished business, and that business is finishing his fursuit. Help me find my skunk costume, even. <laughs> oh, I was the pink panther. <laughs> <laughs> the actual Pink Panther is like, I'm not even Hanna-Barbera. God damn it. <laughs> uh, also, Captain Caveman is just a caveman furry. Just a caveman furry. Yeah. That's that's it. He's actually an animal, but he's got a, no, a he's man got a, furry thing. You know, he's got he dresses up like a human. It's a different species. He has an Australopithecus sona. Lol. <laughs> Which unfortunately kind of looks like a hairy thumb. <laughs> Well, I've got a hairy thumb fetish, so that's fine. <laughs> so anyway, justifier, justifiers. <laughs> okay, imagine justifiers is written and illustrated, by the way, by Gideon. Oh, sweet! So he branched out from just leaving Bibles in my hotel rooms. <laughs> yep, Gideon has decided to not just be in the Bible business. He's now making furry RPGs. <laughs> I would have expected more Bible stuff in here if I knew that this was from Gideon's. You'd, you'd have thought that. I do kind of appreciate that this book is written by a mononymic author of role-playing games. How many of those are there? Uh, usually they add more names to themselves. Like oh, yeah. Usually you end up getting like a Saint something or whatever. Yeah, you get one of them Phil Satiros Brucados. Uh, <laughs> uh. Or they just change their name in the middle of everything. But But not this guy. This guy's like, nah, Gideon. Gideon. I am Gideon, the most badass name I can think of. I am just Gideon. Yeah, he got there before he uh, Gideon became just the least interesting planeswalker every time. Ah! <laughs> I feel like there was an X-Men that was Gideon. I could oh, there be had wrong, to have but been. there has to have been. Yeah, who was doing the, the X-Men in the late 80s? Claremont, Chris Claremont. Is it Claremont? The Claremont era, definitely. Claremont and uh, what's-his-face with the, with the no feet, Liefeld. Um, <laughs> the guy with no feet. <laughs> that's what he's known as. Yeah, uh, Liefeld, the, the comic artist who doesn't have feet. That's my understanding. He's famously known for not having feet. Yeah, he walks around on a pair of something, swords or something. This, <laughs> Obviously. He has the sword from the movie Conan the Barbarian. True story, by the way. And then he had a replica made away, and he made it as well, and he uses them to walk around. Yeah. Yeah. Liefeld, no feet. 
Uh, also fact, covered in pouches. No feet. <laughs> Oddly enough, weird Chinese ghost. One glowing eye. <laughs> He's a weird hopping vampire. Is that where we're going with Liefeld? <laughs> anyway, I'm sure, because Claremont was also adding all those other villains who were like, what are you? I'm a, t- I'm a dude with no hair except for a little purple top knot, and my name is like Ravager X or something like that. <laughs> I'm the executioner. I mean, who was who was responsible for Adam X? Adam X, that was... Oh, fuck, I don't know. That's, but it's, that's, it's that era. That's the nadir. That's right about the point where I'd assume a Gideon would show up. Yeah, I feel like he must have been one of the Magneto disciples. Mm-hmm. So Justifiers. Justifiers. <laughs> the RPG. Justifiers the RPG. I think probably by about half an hour in we'll get to this RPG. <laughs> it's this like, is like <laughs> another April Fool's episode. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that this book might be shorter than Bunnies and Burrows. <laughs> I mean, it's not, but boy howdy. <laughs> There is not a whole lot to this thing. No, it was a pretty simple one to run through. But let's go ahead and start with the story. In in the far future, uh, a a development of technology allows people to jump from one planet to another with a lot of complications that require assistance, which is where you come in. That technology is called Transmat, and that's Matt with two Ts, like it's your friend, Transmat. Yeah. Uh, Which, I don't know why you're calling him Transmat. Stop that. His name is just Matt, you goddamn sexist. (laughs) That's offensive. Stop that. Uh, the big story behind here is we've got, oddly enough, one of those like corporate dystopia things where it's like everything is just one company and there are a couple holdouts of yeah. other companies. There's a huge company called TTA that pretty much runs the world's uh, a lot of planets. Yeah, and, and then who there runs six- the world. Girls. <laughs> Girls run the world. We've already come out in favor of women here on System Mastery, guys. We just needed to let you know once again. <laughs> Girls. Girls. Sisters are doing it for themselves. So <laughs> justifiers. <laughs> no, okay, so there's one company called TTA that's the big fuck you company, and then there are six or seven others, each one of which has a couple of plants that they're in charge of and a fun name that more or less tells you what they do. So, for example, the Enclave LTD is responsible for having lots of buildings. Well, yeah, the I mean, they basically took one thing that they could get a stranglehold on so mm-hmm. that they couldn't get bought out by uh the Transmet Corporation or whatever the fuck they are that's the main it's one. It's Traveling Matt. It's the it's the Fraggle yeah, who sends postcards traveling back. Traveling Matt yeah. the corporation. Yeah, they, he sends postcards back to Gobo of his many adventures in the worlds of the giants. <laughs> yeah. Uh but like Tau Setup Prime is all the food. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got like United Industries, which do all your weapons and body armor. Yeah, Enclave does most of the buildings. Uh, B Hazard is the new one that does mostly mining. Oh, Hazard, Hazard. That's right, <laughs> Hazard. <laughs> yeah, it's Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> Comes with a hat tip. Yeah, uh, I think there's one more. Is that uh, it? Yeah, there's STPD Engineering. Ah, that's right. Uh, but they are apparently their entire entry in here is they got all fucked up and they're probably just going to get taken over. That's now. what happens when you name your company after your super tough penis doctors. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't name it after the super tough <laughs> penis doctors. <laughs> I loved their song from the '90s, <laughs> Two Penis Princes. <laughs> Penis princes, penis princes here before you, and they've got penises. It was a great song. It was a great jam. Yeah. That was jam of the summer. (laughs) One of them wants to get you a penis. That's what I said now. (laughs) The other one, his daddy's got a penis. (laughs) Just go ahead now. Yeah, that was was a pretty good song. That's a great song. That's a jam. (laughs) 
So, so justifier. <laughs> there's also the guild. There's a super guild of which almost every human is a member of a guild of some kind. There's one overarching guild that, that yeah, controls a, a lot of... Yeah, I'm sorry, union. There's an overarching union because the game is strongly pro-union, uh, much like any good Irish punk band. It's weird that they decided to go with the like sort of cyberpunk standard of... All that exists now are corporations, like, technically nations exist, but no one gives a shit. Yeah, they're like, there's no law. There is only the law of supply and demand. And But then they're also like, also, there's a strong union here. And I'm like, that's an interesting direction well, to take that. It, it just focuses the cyberpunk, because now the cyberpunk doesn't apply to the humans anymore, just to the animal monsters they have created. Yeah. The moros have to deal with the actual cyberpunk, where they their lives have a dollar value on them, and they aren't allowed into the unions and... <laughs> And uh, and that kind of thing. Well, yeah, because there are two different weird animal creations that happened. Mm -hmm. There are the alphas, and the alphas were basically just animals given a human-like intellect. Mm -hmm. So instead of being anthro at all, it was like, what do you have? I just have a very smart wolf that hangs out with me. Yes. Uh, and those were used mainly for, like, corporate war and stuff like that. Uh, but eventually... They made the betas, which are your, uh, they're animal mans, you know, they're, they're animal, man. animal man. No, they're like Ninja Turtles what and what have you. They're, they're, they're bipedal animal human hybrids. Yeah. There you go. Uh, there's not as many of them, of them as you would think. The, the list of animals you can play as in this book is weirdly restrictive. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are just not in there that are in most other games like this. Yeah. I mean, turtles in there. So don't worry about that. Yeah. It's a terrible option. It uh, is awful. It is, mostly because it has the super low speed. Well, that's fine. I mean, if you if you got a high base speed, then you could be a turtle and be okay. But yeah. they have real good base armor. They do. They got the plate armor. Uh, but like elephants are missing, for example, as are horses. Yeah. Well, horses is the real sad one. I, I know. Like, well, horses always show up in books like this. You have to have a horse. Yeah. Also, can we talk briefly about the whole alpha beta thing? Because the back of this book, the biggest th the biggest letters on the back of this book just say you are a beta. <laughs> Uh, it's true. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's happening out happening with that exactly, but uh, maybe this guy, since he wrote it in 1988, had not seen the internet yet. Maybe, and so he was like, "Oh, I don't know that people have organized their lives based around myths about wolf or cu culture." Uh, <laughs> I mean, the weird thing to me with this is that they don't have a generic dog; they just have bloodhound. So yeah. it's not like, oh, I can be a cool like German Shepherd. Like, no, you are either a wolf or a bloodhound. Oh, my favorite thing about the animal choice, as long as we're talking about that, is that there's only one insect you can be, and it's a mantis, and it doesn't look anything like a mantis, and it does have, doesn't have anything to do with mantises. No, it, it's gives like, you, it gives you the leap ability. Mantises don't jump. They have wings. <laughs> I know. It's real good, because the mantis picture also is just like, what are you? I'm a regular guy, but with a mantis head. He looks like Ambush Bug. <laughs> he looks very true. He looks like Ambush Bug in like a little more armor. I feel like they, for what they were going for, they honestly should have done Grasshopper. Yeah, no, they definitely should have gone with the Grasshopper. Even though Grasshoppers also technically fly. Yeah, but like if they, they wanted to do a leaping insect, they should have done a flea. Yeah, but that's too small. If they'd put flea in the game, that'd be great. Then yeah, if they'd been natural... like a plus proficiency to base. Yeah, exactly. And just showing up in a surprising number of movies. <laughs> showing off your dick. <laughs> well, you stop doing that after a while. And he usually put a sock on it. I went to one of those sock dick concerts, by the way. <laughs> Not the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, no, I no, no. It was, one of those it was the super concerts. tough penis doctors. <laughs> 
I went to Sock Dick Festival and saw the Super Tough Penis Doctors. Amazing show. It was the best. <laughs> uh, I don't know if anyone else is laughing at this as hard as we are, but by God, this is my favorite bit in a while. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> You all can deal with it. <laughs> STPD, it happened to me. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, so there's with the animals as well, outside of just missing a few key things, mm -hmm. like you can't really be a mouse or anything. Yeah, a couple of the animals that you get very used to being, especially because there's pictures of mice mutants in the book. Yeah, you're like, but why? <laughs> and the, uh, like, just generic cat, you have to be, like, a cheetah or a tiger. Mm -hmm. So uh, the other thing is, they aren't balanced at all. <laughs> no, they didn't even try. And they're not random either. You don't randomly roll for what you are. You just choose. And and I know you're going right to the bear to talk about oh, bears. Because yeah. so. it's the first page. You're like, all right, what can I be? Here we go. You look at bear, and it's like, for black, brown, or grizzly, you get plus 40 strength and track by scent, 35%. Neat. Good stuff. Uh, you also get a speed bonus of 20 and, and heavy he fur. And some heavy fur. For your armor. Yeah. Polar bear gets heavy fur, strength of plus 45, so you're already five up on the regular other bears. Uh, bonus speed of 35, so 15 more speed. Mm -hmm. You get an automatic swim skill at 99%, which you don't get anything for being a regular bear. No, you don't even get to learn how to balance a circus ball on your nose or ride a tiny tricycle. Right? Yeah. And you get track by scent at 50% instead of 35. It is just straight across the board better to be a polar bear if you want to be a bear and there is nothing for so, being like oh i'd rather be a grizzly because meh. so john if i if i may it sounds like it's way better to be a white bear is that what i'm saying is yeah the white bear in this game is way better than being a black bear so what they're doing is they're keeping the black and brown bears down oh yeah yeah okay just wanted to make sure i had that right they're they're uh, a little grizzly that's <laughs> That's the politics of 1988, folks. I'm sure this guy came to see the light over the... Gideon, again, came I'm to sure see the light Gideon over the years. Yeah. was fine later yeah. on. Yeah. That's just... he was. It was the Reagan years. What do you want? <laughs> Everyone hated dark bears at the time. <laughs> oh, that's just Grandpa. Don't mind him. That's just Grandpa. He came from a right, different time. Writing furry RPGs that are super racist against dark bears. <laughs> uh, and... <laughs> Like, even in the tiger-lion thing, it's one entry, and everything is the same, except if you're a tiger, you get a swim of 99%, and if you are a lion, you don't. That's it. This is tiger better. Lions can swim, though. I mean, I don't know if they... They don't they do not do it as often, and they don't really enjoy it because of the part of the world they live in, but but they can swim. I mean, elephants swim, like, like crazy well, too, so... Yeah. I don't know what to tell you here. I mean, and the fucking, like, the, the turtle... The turtle gets a plus 40 strength, which is the same as a bear. And I'm like, I'm sorry. That's a turtle. Turtles <laughs> don't get plus 40 strength. If you wanted to give them plus constitution, great. Sure, go for it. It's because it's a snapping turtle. It doesn't say that, but that's what it is. It's because it's not the standard ninja... Uh, what, are, what are the ninja turtles normally? Red-eared sliders or box turtles or something? It's so you can be a snapping turtle like Slash. <sighs> you got a joke. I know. Go ahead. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Folks, John has a joke. Uh, Yeah. I'm sorry. The snapping turtle has <laughs> bit the tip of my super tough penis, Doctor. Luckily, it was super tough. <laughs> my super tough penis, Doctor. doctor. <laughs> <sighs> I didn't know that STPD Industries was going to be the thing that would be the... <laughs> that's, that's the runaway joke of the episode. I did not see that coming. <laughs>
so, John, there are seven stats in this game, and uh, they are strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, agility, and presence. Yeah. And presence is how many of them you get on your birthday. <laughs> uh, I, I, <laughs> it's the other presence. Uh, and to, to generate your stats, you use the super fair, very balanced method of rolling percentile for every single one of them. Done. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I mean, the fact that he was like, look, I gave you... The exact same stats from D&D, but I also gave you agility. Mm-hmm. And then, That's how do you generate, <laughs> roll a D100 seven times and place as you like? Oh, I didn't even see that. I rolled an order. Also, as a great measure, a great offer of apology for a 1 to 100 no modification scale, he did give you a replace one of your stats at will with a 65. Yeah, which is great just because most of the careers which are sort of the classes of this game. Might as well be. They're just skill packages. Have uh, requirements usually of at least one thing at 65. Yeah, and some of them as much as like 75 and another 65. Yeah. Uh, which isn't impossible. I mean, your ch- chances are you're going to get that if you, if, you get, if you get to assign them where you want to. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be like an engineer or something, you need a 65 in, I, in your intelligence and then like a 50 in your agility. That said, percent, flat percentile rolls are not highly recommended for statistical generation. I can't say I'm a big fan. No, it's fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, with this, most of the shit he did mm-hmm. was like, okay, now take that, divide it by 10, and that's a thing you have. And I'm like, just use a D10 then. Yeah, why are we dividing everything by 10? This is annoying. Uh, the other thing is your constitution score uh, is also straight up just your hit points. Uh, when you take damage, it just pulls it right off your constitution. Uh, it, it regenerates at the rate of about 2d6 per week. And uh, that's if it ever hits zero, you die. So that's why you had to roll a seven D one hundred is because you're you need a D one hundred for your con score. Also to generate your mental strength, which is one of the substats uh, that determines like it's like your psionic power. Because guess what, folks, this game has not just psionics, but palladium psionics. Oh yeah. For for lack of a better, this is for nineteen eighty eight. It shouldn't be possible for a game to be a riffs ripoff. <laughs> Like it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be possible because riffs came out that year. Yeah, but this they feels found a way. Very proto riff. It's kind of like the the only book they had ever written or re- read was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness. Yeah, the, which very much predates riffs. I believe it's from the mid eighties. Yeah, I mean you've got just before we get into psionics, we'll do the other stats. So you've got your mental strength, which is basically just for psionics. Yeah, and it's it's your strength plus your intelligence or, or something like that. No, it's your intelligence plus your wisdom. Flat out. Yeah. Uh, you get a body stat and resilience. You get speed, which you just add on to whatever speed you get from being an animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a base strike percentage. Which is going to be awful, uh, more yep. or less. Uh, you get a base skill percentage, and then you get your damage bonus. Yeah. Uh, now, here's... <laughs> All of those are just uh, derived stuff. So, like, your skill percentage is just 10%, or divide your intelligence by 10, and that's what your base skill is. Yeah. Uh, Strike is dex and agi. It's it's, it's uh, dex divided by 3 is your base to strike. Oh, yeah, it's dex divided by 3. Yeah, and then damage bonus is strength divided by 10, uh... So, basically, they're all pretty easy to calculate. Here's the problem. A lot of the skills in the game are gonna that you have when you, when you build your character, because you're going to get one skill package that's your actual career, and then you roll two, a, a D10 twice. One of them generates the number of skills you're allowed to pick from other classes, 
sort of. We'll explain that when we get to skills. The other D10 is for elective skills, which are just fun things you might pick up, like, you know, canoeing or whatever. And all of those are set to your base skill percentage. Yeah. Now, <laughs> here's the problem. Your base skill percentage is equivalent to your intelligence divided by 10. So the most you could even expect to have is if you if you get about 100 roll on uh, at any time and you play a human you might be able to start with an 11 percent chance 12 12, 12 is the best 12 is the if best you, you roll get. 100 mm-hmm. and get the plus 20 from being a human okay you get a 12 percent at max at the best possible skill you as an elective skill the best possible thing you can start out with is a 12 percent chance you can have a 12 percent chance to drive <laughs> you could have a 12 percent chance to speak a, a language other than your native language you can go to high school or, or go to college uh, and get a 12% philosophy degree. Hell yeah. That's, you can have 12% in some sort of art. Yeah. That's the best you can do. The average is you have a 5%. Yeah. It's, God, the the idea of base skill and being like, oh, this is your base and you add it on to other things isn't a bad idea. Mm-hmm. It's just that so much of the shit that you have is just base skill and it's so bad. Yeah, and then the same thing with dexterity. The best dexterity or, or ch- uh, chance to hit someone at the start of this game that you can possibly have. Your best combat, because I think the highest I've seen is plus 30 to agility. So you can get 100, get 130, and, and then you have to divide that by 3. So it's going to be somewhere in the 42 to 43% range. Yeah. So, so at your absolute best, you're going to start with less than a half chance to hit anybody. But, I mean, at least I think you add your strike onto whatever your attack skill, yeah, skill is. That is correct. You do do that. Uh, okay, so uh, then when, you, when you're done generating all these secondary abilities, uh, you do need to calculate your chance of being psionic. Now, here's, here's <laughs> this game has about 12 psionic powers, plus, weirdly, three more psionic powers that are considered optional. Like the GM can say, I don't really want these in the game, mm-hmm. but if he wants to have them, then he can do it. Or he can decide he doesn't want you to have whatever psionic power you rolled and give you one of those instead. Uh, there are things like, uh, I think they're a trance, the ability to put people into trances, basically they're mind control things. Yeah. Uh, so those three are the optional ones. Uh, the other ones are stuff, you know, generic uh, 80s psychic powers, uh, uh, telekinesis, telepathy, empathy, uh, machine control, animal control, uh, make yourself stronger briefly or shoot beams of psionic energy. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, so there's some very simple powers you can roll up. The way you determine if you're psychic or not is you roll percentile. You have a 5% chance of being psychic. If you are psychic, the number you rolled is the number of psychic powers you have. So if you have a five, if you rolled a five, you have five psychic powers. If you rolled a one, you have one psychic power. Yeah, and you don't get to choose your psychic powers. There is a 2D two to six. twelve table mm-hmm. that you roll two d six on, and it just tells you what your powers are. So if up till this point you're like, all right, I'm making my guy. I've decided to make a dude who's you know mostly about like being agile and smart and i want to be kind of like an engineer and so i picked you know someone who's not super into combat and then you get to there's like what do you have oh i've got psychic punches i've got psychic beams you're like well fuck (laughs) now i've got all these psychic attack powers so here's a fun thing i was reading telekinesis when i was making my way through the psychic powers and it was giving me an example of a person who had a uh, i think it was a wisdom of 47 or something like that and a mental strength of 300 yeah, which is impossible to get. A mental strength of 300 means you have an intelligence and wisdom of 150 each. <laughs> yeah, no, this is definitely like, what is this? Oh, that's an experience character. It's a max level character, basically. Uh, so I thought that was fun to see as an example. Because it was like, if you don't have that, telekinesis is trash. 
Oh, yeah, most of the powers in here were like, hey, did you want to do a thing? Well, you better spend, like, 40 of your mental strength points. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find something more 80s and and early 90s in game design than a lot of page space given over to a 1% to 5% chance of something. You remember that in Cinnabar all the time where it was like, oh, you have a 1 in 10,000 chance to be a godling, and if you are, here's three pages of details. Oh, yeah, the psychic stuff is at least six pages worth of stuff, and you're like, there is a very good chance that no one will ever have any of this in your game. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, just looking at it, by the way, so it is 40 points to throw a lamp at someone that does 3d6 damage. Mm -hmm. It's 40 mental strength to do that. Or Psyblast is one mental strength per point of damage inflicted. So mm-hmm. if I do 40 on the Psyblast, it's just 40 damage. Yep, and it's it's physical damage, too, so your, your strength bonus applies. It's real dumb. The only thing you can't do is you can't use it in a vacuum. Oh, which no. Which is weird, because it's a psionic power. You'd think a vacuum wouldn't matter. I think you're hardening the air and turning it into punches. <laughs> is the, It was the idea that they were suggesting. They were like, you're... Oh, yeah, I'm just taking the random atoms from all around me and turning them into a punch. Who's the mutant who does that? Who turns? Who takes air and turns it into things that they can punch with? Oh, it's it's one of the 2099s. It's, uh, it's Crystal Lynn or whatever it one is. One of them 2099s. It's one of them, they're the forgettable 2099 X-Men. Interestingly enough, uh, Pyrokinesis, which also has the one MS per point of damage Mm -hmm. to uh, do fire damage, does not say not usable in a vacuum. So fire, fine in a vacuum. It does say not usable in organic matter, though. So I'm not sure what they think you're supposed to set on fire, because normally you do wood, which that's pretty organic when you get right down to it. Made of carbon, the whole deal. But the thing is, it says it can be used against clothing and armor, so if I'm like, alright, so if I did 50 points of damage to that dude's clothing, is he just like, oh my, my clothing fell off. (laughs) I'm afraid I'm quite naked, sir. Oh, goodness, no damage to me, though. You can definitely see my rhino wang, and trust me, it is super tough. (laughs) Thank you, doctor. Uh, I don't remember if you can be a rhino. I'm pretty sure it's you no. can. Oh, you good. can be a rhino. Oddly enough, rhino is in there. Yeah. An elephant isn't. That's such a weird. I. You know what? That's uh, fine. Okay. Whatever. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. That's fine. So there's psychic powers. Uh, uh, you can also, if you want to, have cybernetics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a one to twenty roll. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> oh goodness. So or two to twenty because it's two d ten. The 2 to 20 is roll to see what body part is replaced with cybernetics. Yeah. And so you can get, like, my left arm or my right arm. And if you get, uh, like, just left leg, then normally it would increase your speed. But if you go faster than what your regular speed is without the cybernetic leg, it <laughs> rips your other leg off. Yeah, so you got to have both legs done if you want to run fast. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can go that fast if you want, but it will tear your leg out. Which is, what? Like, if I have a cybernetic leg and it's like, normally I can run, I don't know, let's say 10 miles an hour, but now I run 12 miles an hour, my leg has flown off. <laughs> Pops out and vanishes into a... Just ripped out of the socket. (laughs) Oh, I'm going the speed of one of those scooters you can sit in at the front of the grocery store, and it tore my leg out. Oh, my goodness. I must have worn my leg to the very nub. (laughs) Area man, leg torn out for going the same speed as the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. (laughs) 
it's when it's downhill specifically. I love that the rule is just if you go faster than whatever your max normal speed is. So even if it's just one over, off it goes. It just pops out like it's a fucking like toy from the eighties. I was like, oh, what is this? It is shooting harm. It's battle damage. Ooh, boop. <laughs> I mean, what if? How do you? I can. It's not. That I want to use that as a weapon in this game. I want to just go running at someone, point my leg out, go slightly faster, and then just shoot my leg at a guy. <laughs> I just want to know what my maximum one-legged hopping speed is, because because I mean, isn't that easiest way to circumvent it? Just I have one cybernetic leg. I use it to hop like a fucking pogo stick. I hold my other leg up like I'm doing some kind of complicated ska dance. Yeah, I'm. I am basically doing a weird flamingo nonsense thing here. <laughs> What's my skank speed? <laughs> If you skank any faster than your normal speed, <laughs> your leg goes flying off and gets rid of the entire horn section. Oh, oh no, I'm going to need that black and white checked shoe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the cybernetics can give you like night vision or microscopic vision if you do that, or you can uh, track people with your hearing or scent if you replace those. Although they do point out that most animals that have tracking and scent are the same thing as the cybernetic. Oh, yeah. So, like, if you're playing as an owl, for example, you just have sight as if you had night vision. Yeah, you just... Night vision as if you were cybernetic. Right. Yeah. Uh, so there's all that. You can get some extra strength on your punches if you've got a arm that's cybernetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you start the game with this, because normally these are just replacements if someone were to... I don't know, shoot your arm off, then you could replace it with a cybernetic one. Yeah. But you have the option of starting with cybernetics. And if you do, then that gets added into your buyback. Because we got to talk about buybacks. Actually, let's save buybacks for the end because that's a big, that ties in directly to who these characters are and why they're doing what they're doing. So, uh, okay. So <laughs> that's cybernetics. They're fairly simple. The next thing we jump to is your uh, skill package. Because everyone in this game has a military kind of assignment to them that tells them what they do on the ship. And yes, you also get a spaceship. Your party is automatically assigned a spaceship. Uh, and the skill packages are interesting because it's like ten of them that don't have any combat applications at all, and one that does. Well, yeah, you. everyone gets to start with a base skill package, yeah, the same have... one. So it's all just like everyone can do basic math and speak their native language. And they have a hand-to-hand. You, hand. Have... you can drive. Yeah, the simple stuff. Uh the, and not that simple either, because your character is a highly specialized person. The, the the job you do in this game is very specific. Fucking, okay, can I... I want to, like, read the top paragraph thing before we get into the actual numbers on this. Of course, here, I'll, I'll, uh, I've already got it open, and I know exactly what you're talking about, because it's fucking great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here you go. So... <laughs> the Just Fires RPG is a skill-based system, uh... Hold on. It might be the next page. Yeah. It's the top of the next page. Unlike many RPGs, characters and justifiers begin their lives with an enormous range of skills. These are not backwater bumpkins. Justifiers are highly trained planetary explorers with explorers with well, a explorers. vast knowledge of their specific fields. Mm -hmm. This is reflected by the skills and bonuses listed below. <laughs> know that, except for speaking and reading and writing your native language, every skill starts at max, at a 25%. Yes. Which means the best you could possibly ever have in any given skill is 37% to start. At the start of the game, that's right. A level one character cannot even cannot even dream of having a 40% chance of doing something. Yeah. 
Now, you get about a million skills you got to write down, but all of them are somewhere between 14 and, for, for me anyway, because I, I did my character first, uh, be, be anywhere between 14 and about 24% chance of accomplishing anything at all. Oh, yeah. Most skills uh, for your class are going to be a starting base of 15 to 25%, which you add your uh, skill bonus to. Yeah. So for most people, the average on their good stat roll is failing more than one-third of the time. Yeah. So there are four kinds of class groups that, that you can choose from. Uh, they are field scientist, field engineer, field operative, and field doctor. Uh, those are your only options. Doctor is a class in an, or, or a whole skill package in and of itself. It doesn't split up. The others all split up into three more things. So there's a total of ten. Uh, field scientist can be a life scientist specialist a social sciences specialist, or a planetary sciences specialist, which really sounds like they went through middle school science classes. <laughs> I, you never hear anyone being like, oh, what, what's your job? I'm a life scientist. I'm the, I'm the life science guy. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I majored in social studies. <laughs> <laughs> Did you branch that out any? Oh, no, no, no. I just majored in social studies. Like eighth grade social studies. That's what I majored in. I took it for the next seven years of my life as well. <laughs> I've got my master's in social studies. <laughs> I have a master's degree in eighth grade social studies. Look, you would not believe the missions that I can make. <laughs> I can make so many different styrofoam California missions. <laughs> oh, that's probably just for California It is people. just for California kids because uh, we have a lot of missions only here, Only 90s John. California kids understand. Only 90s California kids had to make a styrofoam model of a mission in sixth grade. Yeah. <laughs> And then also got to go camping. <laughs> or not really camping, but like sleeping in a big thing. You know, uh, that's I that. didn't. You didn't I get had to, to go sleep mine in fourth grade. Oh, that's we didn't go anywhere. That's right, because you went to like a weird school. Yeah, a weird school. <laughs> yeah. A parochial school for boys. It was <laughs> no, out of high school. <laughs> oh, you didn't you, you got to hang out with girls in elementary school? Yeah, elementary How school, I was like right at the tail end, up through like seventh and eighth grade, I'm like, wait a minute girls and then right as that happened it's like you need to go to an all-boys high school and i'm like but my super tough penis <laughs> that's a matter for your doctor <laughs> ask your doctor if super tough penis is right for you <laughs> so uh <laughs> so the skill packages like i was saying uh engineer gets electrical engineering specialist mechanical engineering specialist and then field operative chooses between scout security and pilot now, security is the only one that's the gun haver. It is literally, out of everything you can pick, the only one that gives you any combat skill. Mm -hmm. Now, your base package that everyone gets does include hand-to-hand -hand and basically a projectile pistol. pistol. Yeah. So you can, you know, very poorly at least do some combat, but unless you pick a security specialist... You can't do anything else. <laughs> and let's be known, let, let it be known here that one of the things you have to calculate in this game is what your rank is in terms of the military, the semi-military outfit that you're a part of. I, what would you well, call you're, it? You're part it's, of the, it's mercenaries. You're part of the military because you're part of... Who's uh, military? Oh, it must be the TTAs. Corporate. Yeah, corporate you're, military. You're corporate military. Yeah. And justifiers are mostly people that are like troubleshooters or... They'll go out and explore for companies to be like, let's find you new resources or mm -hmm. whatever. So, so like, it's weird because Justifiers are sort of Star Trek in that it's like, what do you do? Oh, we, we 
travel the universe and we find new places and new people and if we find ancient civilizations then we bring back info about it and we troubleshoot and we mediate yeah and we're we're highly trained specialists but we get treated like kind of like janitors yeah it's weird because their job is the sort of thing you would think highly trained people would go out and do Mm -hmm. but instead they're like oh we just created some like monkeys in a lab literal monkeys in a lab Mm -hmm. to go do this for us even though it's probably the most important job in our society yeah and then they have the ability to buy their freedom i i don't know you want to talk about that now because i'm I'm pretty much done well no there's one last thing about skills after you pick your skill your, your uh your field career you go and get every skill from it with the percentage that they have listed then you roll a D10. That's the number of skills you're allowed to take from other careers. Yeah, you can do cross-class, but there's restrictions. There's a ton of restrictions. Okay, so here's some restrictions for you. Scout can choose security career stuff. Uh, any engineer specialty can choose any other engineer specialty. Any field scientist specialty can choose any other field scientist specialty. Field doctors can take scout abilities, but not vice versa. The other ones have been vice versa so far. Uh, any scout, I'm sorry, that's what I just said. Any scout can choose any field scientist and vice versa. Any, any, uh, security career can train pilot stuff and any field scientist can train field doctor and vice versa. And that's it. So that means, for example, if you are security, the only other thing you can cross class into is pilot. Yeah. Uh, a lot of pe- people actually can only cross class. The into only pilot. one who can jump into the security is the scout. Yeah. And pilot, uh, I think, is the one that's the worst off. Pilot cannot cross-class into anything. Uh, No, pilot can do, because there are some of the vice versa ones. Nope, not a single one of them mentions the scouters or or, uh, that kind of career specialty. I'm pretty sure that pilot has absolutely no cross-class opportunities. (laughs) Pilot is basically just there for people to cross-class into, because I think everyone can cross into pilot. Uh, Anyone, yeah, any career may cross-train to pilot. Yeah, so pilot is there... Just for oh no, it's and vice versa. So pilot actually is the least restricted. It can cra- it can tra- train into anything. Yeah, because okay. if you picked pilot, you're like, what can you do? I just have so many vehicle skills, guys. Please give me something. Please help me. My children are dying. <laughs> help, help me. Help me budget these vehicle skills. <laughs> Spend less on vehicle skills. No. <laughs> uh, so you get a d10 of those, which. You, Might end up being like, oh, I got one skill, and yeah. it's at base skill percentage. Base skill percentage, which means if you rolled one, you get one skill at somewhere around 4 to 7% chance to succeed. You then roll a d10, and you get the same thing for uh, your elective skills, which can be things like agriculture, animal training, or any kind of art you would like. TV VCR repair. Or get your degree. <laughs> your 4% degree, because these are all also done at base skill level. <sighs> Something I really enjoy here is when you get down into the actual skills, and it doesn't say this until you're reading de- definitions of skills, but if you have advanced something, like if you have advanced first aid, all it does is add the amount you have in advanced first aid to your first aid skill roll. Yeah. It, and there's... Only like I think two or three things that are advanced. Some of in them there. there's some of them that are advanced, but that don't have descriptions. For example, I know because I built a character, I have advanced zero g uh, maneuvering, and zero g maneuvering is a thing that you get for as one of the base skills that everyone. Yeah, gets. so you just add that percentage onto the base. I don't know if that's true or not. They forgot to include advanced zero g maneuvering in the list of skill descriptions. <laughs> I have no idea if it does that. I assume it does. Uh, I mean, you'd think so. I assume that's that what makes, advanced th- is. Yeah, I Mark. think that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's true of advanced first aid and advanced mathematics, but they forgot to do advanced zero g maneuvering. So I have no idea. I I couldn't possibly know. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't possibly. 
They also forgot to put uh, seduction in here, so I don't know if it does that or not. Yeah. I, no one can seduce anyone. No one would seduce anyone. Oh, you're kind of hot for a turtle lady. By the way, we should talk about the uh, the breeding capabilities of the characters in this game, because they were designed to be sterile, but life found a way. Yeah. It's, it uh, uh, found a, uh, a way. You uh, dig up. Dig up dinosaur bones? <laughs> you know, when you watch it on Netflix, it says growling and laughing. Yeah. That's what it's, so that's, I guess that's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> I'm sure Goldblum saw that in the script and was like, yeah, all right. Growling and laughing? Well, I guess I'll give it the old college try. Roar, har, 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 har. Ooh, lives in a fight from under the sea. <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> System mastery. <laughs> That's right, System Mastery, brought to you by a pineapple under the sea. <laughs> Why would you waste a pineapple in such a fashion? Pineapple is the best of fruits. Well, yeah, well, I mean, it's hollowed out, so it's yeah. fine. It's, well, I guess, so someone already ate the sweet meat within. Yeah. Okay, then I'm fine. It is a discarded pineapple. System Mastery comes out strongly in favor, and I think I have John's approval on this, as pineapple, the best fruit. Yeah, pineapple, the best fruit. Also we're women? Very, yeah. We're very in favor of lady pineapples. Yeah. <laughs> Lady Pineapple, my favorite pop singer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Women, the best gender. Pineapple, the best fruit. Uh, Justifiers this is an RPG. Justifiers and RPG. Yeah. So, anyway, that's skill choices. It does not give you a whole lot of good to go on. Uh, one thing I noted was that one of the skills you can pick is dual weapon. Yep. Uh, so and I that's look, an elective. It's an elective. Well, that's because there's no percentage associated with it, so you might as well waste nothing on it. It won't grow, and you don't you don't need to have your base skill. It lets you hold a weapon in each hand and shoot them both. It does not give any rules for how this lets you shoot faster or anything. Uh, There's, it doesn't do a fucking thing. They're like, you can have two guns. It, that's okay, what does that do? If you wanted uh, to fire, be able to fire two kinds of ammunition, that's all it does. Oh, I've got two different weapons. Yeah. So that way I can be like, I've got a sword and a club, mm-hmm. just in case something is resistant to slashing damage. Oh, no, a skeleton. I have to fight this skeleton. <laughs> Uh, there's no cleric here. Oh. I'll have to bonk it with my skeleton bonker. Ah, this is my bone bonker. <laughs> it's super tough. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so there's there's all the skills that you can possibly have. Now, here's a fun thing. Right after we're done with the skills is the section on skill modifiers. <laughs> uh. Now, keep in mind that most people will have skills ranging between 14 and 27%. Yeah, your, your average starting character... Definitely, at best, is looking at problem. I mean, not at best, but on average, their best skill is going to be about a thirty percent. So that's why, if you don't have any tools for it, it's at minus twenty-five. <laughs> if you're missing materials, it's at minus twenty. If you're trying to do a combat thing during combat, it's minus thirty-five. Keep in mind that that doesn't mention unless it's a combat skill, which means that everyone gets minus thirty-five to shoot pistols during combat. Which means no one ever hits anything in this game. Oh my god, the. <laughs> The baseline percentages in this game are so fucking awful. It's just mind-boggling how someone could make this game, sit down to play it, and go, oh, wait a minute, I can't do anything. I assume that he just started all of his characters at, like, 10th level so they'd get a, a plus 10d10 to everything. That, that's the best I can think of. But it's one. Of, it's an example of one of those games where they start first editions or first level so low and so shitty that no one ever plays it. Well, the the weird thing about the leveling system in this is it has an odd inverse for things. So, like, when you gain your first levels, you actually gain a crap load more of, I think it's either stats or skill points, and then that changes as you level up. 
to the point where then you get fewer stats but more skill points or something. I can't remember. I don't know if you've got the table. I do. I'm looking at it right now. You get a D6 in new elective skills every three level and a D6 of new cross-training skills every five levels. Uh, You get... You do. Add, you start adding a D10 to various stats and D10 plus eight skill points. You, you you gain less and less skill points as you get higher and higher level, but you do contis- consistently gain skill points. I'd say the weirdest thing about this table is it shows that the experience points required to be level one is any is a range between one hundred and one thousand. <laughs> uh, Good. We're level zero so, characters. So unless you have a hundred XP, you're level zero for which there are no rules. I don't even know what that does. I guess that is, that's your baseline. I just made a character. Yeah. is level zero, and then once you hit a hundred XP, you get to add whatever level one is. Uh, you get a D10 plus eight skill points and a D10 to be anywhere between your body re- uh, resilience and mental strength. Ah, yes. Uh, which, by the way, means that it, okay. Remember how we were talking earlier about how that character had a 300 mental strength? Yeah. You don't get, that doesn't go up automatically unless you put your D10s into it. Yeah. So that person, let's assume they were a human psychic so that they get a, that get 120 intelligence. They still, there's no way they had a wisdom might any higher. So that means they probably, at max, they can start with a 220. Yeah. And then they would have, have to put 80, 80 points into you, it. You have to get 80 points into your resilience to get to a 300, uh, which would take you at least eight levels if you were rolling 10s every time. Yep. That's, that's a... That was a really weird example. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, I I, I thought that was kind of noteworthy that there's you do start this game at zeroth level. <laughs> uh, okay. So also, I love the story that they have in the in this section on how skills work about this rhino named Grud. Uh there's the the rhino named Grud shows up a lot for their examples, but they do kill him by the end. So don't yeah, worry about that. The, the combat example is like, how does combat work? Well, let me show you Grud. Getting the shit kicked out of him and then killed. Yeah. So basically, the way combat works is you have to like declare your attacks at the same time or drop your attacks to defend yourself. Uh, just like a lot of games that we've covered before, where you're supposed to lay out everything you're going to do with a set number of moves each turn, uh, and then if you want to, you can abandon a move you're you're planning to do to not be to to uh, get a bonus to your defense. Not that you should, because no, no one can hit anything. So yeah. who cares? Yeah. Uh, but it's a great example. It's one of those things where, where he keeps saying, like, Grud's got a 71% chance to hit this guy. And you're like, how did he get that? What level is Grud? <laughs> no fair, Grud. <laughs> so, okay. We should probably talk about what this game actually is at, at, at some point. Well, we haven't talked about buyback at all. Okay. Oh, sure. Buyback. So, as I mentioned, there, or as John has mentioned a couple of times, you can buy your character back if you're... Oh, by the way, you can also play as a human or a human from a high-gravity world. There you yeah. go. Those are the other two things you can play as. Uh Buyback, but if is, you're a hu- if you're not a human, then buyback is buyback is uh, a weird concept in that the company that made you owns you, mm-hmm. and you have what's basically indentured servitude rather than just slavery. In that they're like, oh well, the cost of resources and everything that we have put into you, if you eventually pay us back, you can be free. Yeah, you don't have to do these missions anymore, basically. Now, the problem with that is how much it costs to gain your freedom. So it's calculated by adding together all of your seven stats, like to get a, a total number, and then multiplying that total number by 200. Divide that by 10. Divide that by 10, thank you. And then multiply that result by 200,000. And then if you're psychic, multiply that number by however many psychic powers you have. Yes. 
uh, which can rapidly increase the amount. If you have five psychic powers and you're like, oh, it's going to cost me 50 million credits to free myself. Well, now you're thinking, okay, but how much do you get paid in this game so that you can buy your, you can buy back? Well, since you're a company person, all of your food and, and, and so on is supplied by the company for the most part. Yeah, all you your weapons, yeah. your vehicles, everything but, is from the company. But the values of them are subtracted from your buyback value. Yep. Like I had said uh, when we were talking about cybernetics, if you want to start the game with, like, I've got cyber eyes, well, that's cool. The price of that is added onto your buyback. Yes. So you have to live pretty frugally to fight this buyback thing. Once you complete a single mission, and we'll talk about what the missions are in one second, uh, you get the ship gets about 130,000 credits. Well, you get a D10 times 100,000. You. So D10 you could get between 100,000 and 10,000, or uh, a million. Uh, anywhere between 100,000 and a million credits. But you have to divide it among the entire officer pool of the ship. Now, I know that that's supposed to be that that's you are the people who are on the ship. So it's mostly it gets split four ways, except it doesn't get split evenly four ways, because your rank comes into play. Yeah. If you want to be a combat guy, get ready to not get any money. Oh, no, the worst, because at least combat guy is an, is an enlisted man. Mm -hmm. If you're a warrant officer, you are never getting anything. Is that the pilots or something? Who's... Yeah, like pilots and scouts and shit. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe engineer is just, oh, what do you do? Uh, I will always be the fucking short shrift in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're never going to get full pay. The breakdown is you take your full pay for whatever mission you did. Mm -hmm. You have 35% of that goes to the commanding officer. Just right off the top, more than a third of your money goes to whoever's in charge. Yeah. Then you take the next 35%, split that among officers. Mm -hmm. Then you take the the bottom 30% and just go, uh, hey, everyone else, you can, I don't know, get my scraps. It's like a pirate ship. Oh, yeah. Why is it done in shares? Like, the captain gets the most booty, and then everyone else gets a little bit. It's so, why would we? Why would it do it in booty-style shares? It's, it's, it's such a weird choice. But it is kind of neat to see a game where you get all the gear you possibly need or want, like at the start of the game. And some of it you don't even have, doesn't even come out of your uh, buyback. Like, your, your crew is assigned a ship. Like, you get a spaceship, and also it has an armory locker and an equipment locker and vehicles on it as needed for the mission. As long as you don't destroy them, they don't come oh, out yeah. of your buyback. I mean, if you take a vehicle out and then blow that vehicle up, then that's going to get added on to your group's buyback. Yes. Uh, so it's kind of it's it's weird that you have to. This, by the way, is a deal made between the union people and the TTA organization. Uh, the unions were like, we want everyone to be free. The TTA was like, all right, we'll let all the humans be free, and the uh, the non-humans can buy their freedom if they want. What do you say to that? And the unions were like, oh, that's compromise. That's how compromise works. Deal, <laughs> which is exactly like a real union. Huh? I mean, not that I'm entirely pro-union, but every union story I've heard in the past five years around California is about them closing doors behind them as fast as they can. Ah! So so that it does sound pretty realistic to me. Uh, okay, so there's a whole bunch of gear in this game. Armor, guns, shit like that. Uh, but there is not whole, a whole lot of stuff to do with that gear. But So I, I didn't really see a bestiary in here. Uh, I mean, all there is is the back of the book has an L adventure. A little adventure, yeah. And then it's got, like, bad guy, like just written up here's the bestiary the banj there's a creature called the banj uh and then also there's some axon lizards and i'm with the banj <laughs> which banj that one that banj over there <laughs> the banj is a giant lizard monster of some kind uh okay i like to imagine a banj walks into a bar and then someone else has to say they're with the banj <laughs> good i like that john is that banj named super tough penis doctors <laughs> 
though. Oh, that's too bad. Okay. Uh, that's so, the house badge. So let's finally get down to the brass tacks of what the shit all this is for. What are you doing exactly? Well, it seems the transmat technology is the ability to beam your particles up to six light years from where you currently are. With a couple of caveats. First of all, you can't go anywhere where there's some pesky matter lying around because you'll get fused into it and blow up and die. Oh, yeah. I mean, the way that the transmat teleportation stuff works is mostly you have to have two things. You have to have one at the other end if you want it to be safe. Now, that's impossible because that means you'd have to have one at the other end already for before you could go there at all. So you can teleport to a vacuum without a thing. Yeah, you, you can do a blind jump. Mm-hmm. Where you're just like, what do you do? I assume we'll be fine. There's probably no matter right there. Yeah, you're you're usually sending out a spaceship that you're like, we're going to blind jump this spaceship into what we hope is open space. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go to the nearest planet and set up the actual transmat uh like center there or in orbit around a planet so or whatever. That is what justifiers do. Justifiers are the people who make blind jumps to go to explore nearby planets to determine if they're habitable. And then if they are habitable and safe, they they are also responsible for building the transmat system so that this planet can begin colonization. That's their primary function. Uh, to to explore new life and new civilization or new lacks of civilizations. Well, I mean, there you do get a bonus to the money you get at the end if you do find an alien civilization. That's true. Yeah, it's like a forty thousand whole dollar. I mean, I really wouldn't trust these fuckers to do this because you send them out to this other planet and then they have like a fourteen percent chance to build that transmat thing. Oh yeah, like your engineer <laughs> is going, "Hey guys, I got like a thirty percent chance to build this. I don't, I don't know. I I'm wouldn't just do it. A fucking badger. I don't, I don't know." <laughs> Yeah, as you as you know, they they wanted to train the very best and brightest, and they used genetic manipulation to build an animal that is perfectly suited to complex engineering constraints. And that's why I, a praying mantis man, <laughs> have been sent here to use my weird, not quite arms to build a huge gateway. Because, by the way, transmat gateways gateways are described in the book as no more or no less than exactly twenty feet across. Yeah, you have to get <laughs> super specific. Uh, nonsense for making it, and if you fuck it up, then everything can go wrong. Like, oh, we transmatted into whatever you set the transmat thing up to. Yeah, and also there's a six uh, light year time limit because at that point, I guess your particles start to disperse like a flashlight beam, and you just get scattered across the universe. Yeah, so it's a six light year jump, which means that mostly a lot of the time you're spent spending is building relay stations. Yeah, you get to go out, you know, somewhere around six light years. Find a place to set up, mm-hmm. set th- something up, and then <laughs> shoot yourself out another six light years. That's So there's a lot of that going on. And that's why there's nearly 200 planets in control of these various organizations. Uh, split up between all of them, not equitably. The TTA holds 100 or more. Uh, like, Behazard has like nine. Yeah. Uh, still, though, Behazard plants are fun plants, let me assure you. <laughs> Behazard. He had one of those Behazard plants. It's covered in Jake Busey's playing cyber violins. Dude, that's rad. I know. I know. Cyber violin and a green football. <laughs> that's all I ever wanted in life. Yeah. So uh, so there you go. That's that's the basic goal of what you're trying to accomplish with these goofball characters that can't do anything. Yep. Uh, you are being sent out to do the most dangerous, highly technical job around, and boy, howdy, are you not going to do it. It sure seems like they picked it to be animals just for funsies, right? They're like, you know what? We need to do some super complicated technical work out in space. It's too dangerous, so we'll send a a turtle man. Yeah, I don't. 
I don't feel right sending a human to their possible messy doom by getting transported into the middle of a sun. So I made I guess it, an albatross? I made an albatross, dude, and we'll just let him do it. And of course, as you know, he'll have all of the natural skills of a human, plus all of the natural aptitudes of an albatross. What could go wrong? Oh, well, will he need to do long-distance flying, sir? Uh, no, no, he's in a spaceship. He needs to He needs to build an engineering gateway. I okay. mean, if they go down to the surface of a planet, then maybe. He might need to do some flying around, I guess. But we do have vehicles that can fly around on the ships, right? Like there's airplanes on the... Yeah, there's plenty of airplanes on the ships. Oh, yeah, you've got a yeah. shuttle. It'll take okay. you down to a planet and fly around. Okay, so we could either take the helicopter or the hovercraft, or we could send this goofy guy who needs a running start to get in the air <laughs> there we i go. love that the, the albatross gets the exact same flight calculation as like the bat and the other birds even though albatrosses are like what's your whole deal oh i can fly for five days without stopping that's that's what i do that's the only reason i exist <laughs> what i do is very very painfully take off mm-hmm. like a big dumb floppy idiot yeah but boy howdy when i'm up there i'm good i'm staying but no they can do they can fly up to their strength in miles yep they just didn't decide that they wanted to change that, but Why they did inc- decide they wanted specifically albatross. Specifically the albatross. I assume it's just because it's the big bird. I Yeah, it's big bird. It, well, it's the, one of the big birds. It's not the biggest bird, but it's no, a big they bird. They didn't decide to put a condor yeah, in there Yeah, they or put anything. the California condor in there, then that you'd know why. But even then, I'm like, but if you're going to specifically do something with the albatross, you think there would be a reason. Like, you didn't put just hawk, falcon, whatever. You're like, no, no. If we're going to talk about a specific bird, then, baby, it's the albatross. I'm a big fan of albatrosses or albatrossy, whatever. whatever. I mean, maybe, maybe it's because they're like, oh, you're like pioneers and explorers and you could be the albatross on the ship. Maybe they just opened up like a, a world book encyclopedia because it was 88 on birds and just took the first one off the list. <laughs> bird, A, albatross, done. Done, good, thank you. <laughs> Let's see, what can you be in this game? Aardvarks? An albatross? <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> uh, okay, so so yeah, there's uh, that's the whole premise of the game. You go forth and you explore weird planets, build an exactly 20-foot across gateway, and then you teleport back and get paid a little bit of money, which all just comes out of your corporate account until you can be free. Yeah. If you want to, you can be a human, but it mentions that the only reason that humans go on these missions is because they're criminals or because they're humans from high-gravity planets, which are viewed as second-class citizens. Well, yeah, because there are basically three humans you can be. A criminal Mm -hmm. that's being pressed into this, and instead of a buyback, it's you're working off your debt to society. Yeah. Uh, you've got the, the high grav ones, like you say, which normally high grav worlds are like, what do you do? Oh, we're mostly mining planets Mm -hmm. because we've got great minerals. Yeah. However, if you don't want to die of black lung, you can go die out in space with a bunch of dumb animals. Yeah. Now living in a high grav world does change your stats. So you're not technically a human. You get a bonus to your constitution. You have a super tough penis. (laughs) So tough. And there are augmented humans because... Before they decided to go with the Alpha Beta program, uh, they they tried to do the Chad program. <laughs> yeah, they had the the, <laughs> the Chad augmented human, not the Virgin Beta. <laughs> uh, and the augmented human is your standard like Universal Soldier type thing. Where it's like, what are you? I'm a genetically perfect engineer. I like soldier. to draw pictures of spiders. I love spider pictures. You wouldn't believe how much I love them. Uh, so there you go. Those those are the things you can take on this weird mission. Yep. Uh, Good. And, and that's Justifiers. That, that's that's what it's got for you, baby. There's a whole bunch of gear here that we're not going to talk about. Don't worry about that. John, what would you say is your favorite thing about Justifiers? 
Uh, I would say the best thing about Justifiers. Oh God, I don't even. I don't even. There's really know. not a lot here. <laughs> the problem is there's so much wrong with what they're doing. I think the best thing about it is mostly just that the, you can get whatever gear you want and not have to worry about it. Yeah, the fact that you're part of a company shop is kind of neat. It's it's neat that they reflected or they did represented the game that way. Yeah, being able to say like, what do you have? Whatever you need to do the mission. Don't mm-hmm. worry about like whether or not you've got enough for a, that magic sword you want. It's just you have what you want and you go do your job. Great. This isn't one of those like old school Nintendo games where like like UN Squadron on the Super NES where you're like, I'm part of a military unit. I have to buy my airplane. Yep. Oh boy, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> that's perfectly normal. <laughs> so, so I I think that's the best thing in that is not having to worry about your uh, equipment that much. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Uh, I like the story. I mean, I don't like the execution of it, but I like the the sci-fi story of these corporations getting into big infighting, and I like the constraint of the six light year teleport. And uh, they did a good job setting up a world that that makes a hard sci-fi kind of fun world. All right. I don't know that they finished the story because there's not like there's no definite. Well, I will say this: one of the other really good things about the game mm-hmm. is. It gives you a three-page intro to the world. It tells you, you know, what happened with the old uh, nations, who the main corporations are, what's going on. It gives you a very, like, you know, top level, this is what's going on. And then it gives you a, this is the timeline for, you know, ten pages. Instead of just giving you the, this is the timeline, which I have complained about at length from different uh, th- games. Those timelines can, can just bite a fart for all I'm... For, look, look, folks, if you're writing a, a role-playing game right now, go in there, open up the, the Word folder called Timeline, and delete that dumb shit. <laughs> no one reads it, or at least put it at the end of the book. Yeah, it is something that it needs to have that intro, this is the top level, what's going on mm-hmm. in the universe thing, because if all you give is... Well, on this date, the corporation decided to find the planet Belsock. That's and the worst Belsock part. Was Belsock invaded Vindium. And you're like, oh, shit, who? Does, does any of this matter at all to my characters? No, nothing. Not even a little bit. Yeah. The little op- intro story is actually quite fun to read. Yeah. So so uh, I would definitely say the story of the book is my favorite part. The parts of it that are cohesive anyway. Yeah. You could you could actually write a pretty fun sci-fi adventure based around this idea of... of Groups who get sent out because two-way teleportation is super complicated and one-way teleportation is super dangerous. Yeah, the idea of, like, super awesome, uh, like, highly specialized people that go out specifically to do this job yeah. isn't a bad one. The whole thing about one-way jumpers, they're trained to be one-way jumpers because or otherwise they're stuck there. If they can't solve this problem, they've teleported to their doom. Yeah. So I like that. Um, then again, the fact that it gives you a clown shoes albatross dummy to, to accomplish <laughs> that problem with... Uh, I mean, this is literally the ship from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that's full of, like, phone repairmen and or phone sanitizers and shit like that, the Golga Frenchums. Yeah. Where they're like, we're going to send out these doofy, doofy guys for fun. Here we, we go. G- we gave them a ship, but let's just see where they end up. <laughs> let's, let's watch. Yeah. Oh, it's Earth. Oops. Okay. Uh, so there you have it. Yeah. Um, least favorite thing least, in the book. Least favorite thing in the book, John. Oh, God. There's a lot to pick from, but... I think if I have to narrow it down to just one thing, it has to be skill percentages. God damn, that is awful. Yeah, they they screwed that up. I mean, even when you look at it 
and your skill percentage per level goes down as you level up because they're like, oh, you're more competent. You shouldn't need as much. But if the first three levels you manage to roll like ones and twos, you're like, all right, I got a total of like 23 skill points. Even if I put all of them into one skill, you're like, great. Now I've got a 50% chance to do it. Oh, wonderful. What about the rest of my skills? Still garbage. Every time we talk about low skill percentages, we get letters from people who are grumpy, or I guess emails from people who are grumpy about it. They're saying, well, what should the optimal skill range for a starting character be? Normally because we're complaining about, like, skill, thief percent skills in old D&D games. And there's a thing about, uh, about this. If... Below a certain threshold, and that threshold might as well be 50%. Yeah, it's people, pretty much a 50-50 yeah. is where you want. People will do anything to avoid making that skill roll. And if you like playing a game where everyone spends all their time going, well, how can I avoid interacting with this game? Then, sure, use low skill percentages because that's that's the best way to encourage people to do that. Oh, yeah, if, I know people are like, oh, but I want it to be realistic that my guy doesn't know everything. I'm like, okay, great, but that means you're just playing a game where you're like, Boy, I do love my game where I fail more often than I succeed. Or more realistically, what people end up doing is I have a low skill percentage. I will I will come up with the best way possible to never pick dice up. Yeah. If you're like, I have a 15% chance to socialize with someone, you're going to be like, uh, can I just talk to him instead of rolling the skill percentage? Maybe uh, I'd like to role play this. That or, you know, you've got those things where you're like, well, I picked up, you know, 70% in bluff, but my socialize is 10% and I'm at this party, I'm just going to lie to everyone. I'll just bluff my way through this instead. And, and, and the thing is, there's no getting around that. That's just psychology. People see less than a 50% chance to succeed. They don't want to roll. They will do everything they can not to. Yeah. it's As soon as you realize that your chance of failure is more than your chance of success, you just go, eh, but why am I doing this? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I know what you're thinking. Like, casino games are never 50% chance. They hide that shit. Well, not only that, but that has a big payoff Mm -hmm. if your skills were you have a skill in let's say i've got skills in like the transmat engineering Mm -hmm. and the game worked as you can always transmat engineer all the time because you have that skill the skill percentage is if you want to do something crazy and then if you're like oh it's big risk big reward if i want to roll on this then I could do something like super powerful or ridiculously useful. But if I don't, then I just do it. That's fine. I'd almost want to take it and say, all right, take your class skills. You have baseline competency in them. You always succeed at roles involving these skills. It just takes you a little bit of time. You can roll on this on this chart. That's your chance of doing one of two things, either doing it amazingly or doing it fast. Like, for example, if you're an engineer who does transmat, you're like, all right, I'm setting up the transmat gateway. I automatically succeed on this in five minutes. I'll roll this 15% chance I have to either do it instantly or do it in an incredibly cool way. Yeah. And that it'd make a, a, a much better game. I mean, people don't need to roll that 24% chance to do their fucking job. Yeah, and they, to the credit of a lot of games, they do have the thing in there where it's like, oh, if this is a situation where someone could... Uh, like, it's not under pressure and they can take their time with it. Just let them do that. That's in several games, and that's good. It's not in this one. <laughs> and it's it's just annoying any time a game like this is going to give you a boatload of skills mm-hmm. and tell you you are a highly trained professional 
and then make it so that you can't do your job two-thirds of the time. I think my favorite thing I've seen in this book in the skill section, and I'm just going to take the same thing as you, the skill section is the meat of this game, and it's where it failed. Uh, I mean, I could also, I guess, say that they dedicate way too much time to psionics for something that no one's going to get. Well, I mean, also percentiles for stats. Stats it's, is it's, it's terrible. An old, it's an old game. One of the things in the skill section I think is hilarious is you can attempt to roll a skill that you don't have a skill in. Uh, you use your base skill percentage, and you have a minus 50% per, 50 skill penalty. Great. This means if you have an IQ, an intelligence in this game, of at least 500, <laughs> I'm sorry, 510, then you might get a 1% chance to succeed at a skill. Uh, great. Why did they even include that? Do they, did this guy, when he was running tests of this game, have characters with intelligences of 550 running around? I think it's just, I'm not sure, but... It's just a I'd long to way to say if fuck it you know. The if you roll like a one, you auto succeed. It it does. A roll it gives you the auto succeed. But even then, why you still don't need to include that. You could just say that's that's the case for even if you don't oh, have yeah, the skill. It would be if you don't have your skill, if you roll a one, you can do it. That's yeah. what it should say. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. Uh, yeah, why not? I'll take my least favorite thing being the stats. The fact that the stats have nothing to them other than seven percentile die rolls is a bad deal. It's very bad, especially like, but they hey, at give least you can be the, buyback cheap. Well, they give you the one where it's like, oh, but uh, you can replace one with a 65. I'm like, that doesn't help me if I manage to roll a seven and a four. I'm like, oh, I lose my four. I still have a seven, which for most things means I have a one in whatever the thing was. Or zero. It doesn't tell you how to round. No. I assume you just naturally round. I, I naturally rounded when I was doing stuff with my character. Yeah. But if it was round down, then you're like, I just don't. I can't. I, I don't do a thing. This. Yeah. So... Anyway, there you go. John, would you play this game? Oh, fuck no. I couldn't. I would be so angry at this game all the time. <laughs> and I even, like you were saying, I like the idea of the game, but I would be so angry at it. Fair enough. If you started me at, like, level 12, then maybe. Yeah, yeah. This isn't a great example of one of those games that you just started the the players at level 10 or assumed that power level for starter characters. That would have been made, made the game a whole lot better. But no one likes playing Johnny Chumpos. Actually, the funny thing is, a lot of people do. There are so many people that like emails and like but i love being a shit farmer what i want to do is play a game where my guy's terrible and sucks at everything i don't understand why so many people have that bootstrap myth in their head where they're like i want to play a character who came through the shit and i'm like why can't you just say your character came through the shit and be just as happy <laughs> you what? need to see that fucking horatio alger story happen for you to be happy about the character uh, I mean, this is, of course, just our preferences, yes, but it man, is. It's, it is mind-boggling to me, the the amount of people that are like, oh no, I enjoy torturing myself I while think I play the one that game. gets me the biggest is the people who are like, I like making level zero D&D characters five at a time and sending them into the dungeon, and then I'll play the one who survives, and I'm like, why? What do you do? That's just way more die rolling. You just, why don't you just own up to the fact that you like rolling dice in handfuls of three? And just do that all day. What I like to Why do... Why drag five other friends into it? Is make characters. Yeah. Just, ah, oh, I hate... Th okay, so anyway, I'm off on a rant, and I apologize. I know, and you've ranted about that before. I have, and I'm stopping now, and everything's fine, and I'm going to be a good person, and I'm excited to meet you all at Gen Con, even if you're mad at me right now. Even if you're so mad... Actually, I'm more excited to meet you if you're so mad at us. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited to meet you if you're so mad at Jeff. <laughs> If you're so mad at Jeff, I'm going to sit there, arms crossed with a big, dumb smile on my face while you rant at him about what the proper way to play D&D &D is. Why ain't you ever got my back? Oh, I'll never have your back when it comes to that. That is sweet Christmas for me. I just get to sit there and watch people be like, 
well, let me talk to you about this uh, uh, one experience I had in D&D. And I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, the, the worst thing that can ever happen to me is someone saying, let me tell you a story about a character I made. And I'm like, oh, uh, <laughs> the only thing that could possibly be worse is, hey, let me tell you about this dream I had. <laughs> let me tell you about this dream I had where I made a character in D&D. <laughs> My eyes turned off. Little little curtains pull themselves down in my eyes. When my people dictating like, membrane yeah. goes across, and I'm done. My ears fold up and close. <laughs> so oh. there you have it. Neither of us really wants to play this game, nope. uh, and we got our best and least out of it. So thank you so much for listening to what turned out to be a surprisingly long episode about a surprisingly short game. As always, we've been the System Mastery Podcast. You can find us at SystemMasteryPodcast.com. You can also find us on Gmail, Twitter, Reddit, or Facebook as System Mastery, where you can send in your questions or your super strong opinions about old D&D play methods. That's right. If I don't respond to them, I hate you. It's official. Yeah, and uh, remember, if you've got questions about anything, you can send it to the Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, anything like that. We will respond because we are super tough podcast doctors. That's true. We are super tough podcast doctors. We'll fix your podcast for $50. <laughs> If you have insurance. Yeah, well, I mean, if you don't, we'll still do it. But we'll boy, howdy, that co If you don't, you want to call us about podcast insurance, which we now sell. Do you need podcast insurance? Try sure. Blue Apron. We all do. <laughs> Blue Apron podcast insurance. <laughs> Squarespace, here to talk to you about podcast insurance. You can create a new website and also insure your podcast against floods, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Some kind of flood. Yeah. If do you need like- a mattress for your podcast? <laughs> Stamps.podcast. <laughs> Podcast per mattress. <laughs> okay. If you like what you're hearing, please support us on Patreon for the love of God. It's patreon.com slash system mastery. Any support you give us at all, as long as it's a dollar. Which <laughs> Any I think... support you give us means we don't do those actual commercials. No, we never will, as long as the money keeps rolling in. None of that. Com- I can't listen to them when I'm listening to your podcasts. <laughs> so God knows yeah. I don't want to actually say them yeah i don't want people skipping 30 seconds of my fine podcast at a time so no ads i don't i don't need you to know how much i love the feel and look of me undies <laughs> john has apparently started listening to some podcasts because <laughs> he's really in there now oh i'm deep into the the lore of what you do to advertise now and that's all you're just checking out other podcasts to get to their advertising oh yeah lore. i just i skip 30 until it gets to the ads <laughs> what is this stitch fisk Fix? Great. I want Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix for all your clothes needs. And if you don't get it from Stitch Fix, then try Bonobos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I actually get it because I listen to a million podcasts. <laughs> so, there you go. So there you go. Find our Patreon at patreon.com slash systemmastery. Even a single dollar per episode will unlock the bonus content where we make characters in these games, including this one. It'll be out at the same time. So uh, find us, support us. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in a couple of days at Gen Con. If you're going, come out and find us. We've got tickets left for our live show. Uh, That's the only ad we're going to run today. Yeah, and uh, if you're not there, we should probably end up at some point putting the live show up. Yeah, we are gonna we are gonna record the live show and put it up. It's got special guest Gannon Reedy from the Neo Scum podcast. So I know good times. That's some that's some sweet shadow run shit. We'll be talking to to him all about that as well. Good, yeah, great. Love it. Love it. Love everything about it. So that's in a couple of days at Gen Con. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Jeff. That's been John. Have a good week.